Alrighty. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am on something new. Something new is going on here. And I hope that this is actually uh, working to put um, to be live on all of my all of the different platforms. So you guys have to let me know. I'm going to give a little bit of time. Let folks come in. And it's one little screen here that I can see myself on. It looks like it's moving a little bit different. This one is uh, that I can actually see is super delayed and I'm not really pleased with that. Um, so it's got a little screen on the side, but as you can see the, the title of everything that's going on up there, I'm on this new app that's called uh, HAPS. And um, so um, it's, it, it's giving you an opportunity, telling you to subscribe, telling you, you know, um, and all of that. And so I'm hoping that it works. And it also should be flashing across there um, what the title of, of today's topic is. And um, so we'll see how this goes. So um, my apologies. I didn't come on for the last few days. Of course, you know, it's a lot, lot going on. I am, uh, we're working to get the uh, product, uh, the Sum Suite, which I do not have any beside me i said i was going to do better about that by putting the product of uh, bringing it and having it beside me but i think i can uh share a link or two here um in this uh this new app so i'm getting familiar with it so we'll see how that goes but anyway so um again uh thank you for joining me today i am Teresa tl matthew i am founder of sarah nutritional therapy that stands for sugar addiction is real that is s-a-i-r-n-t Dot com and you can go over there to get a free nutritional assessment or a fat loss assessment also um i am the the ceo of some foods the maker of some sweet and that is the most spectacular um, sweetener on the market um it is the sweetener that you you can use without having to acclimate your taste buds. You don't have to get used to the taste and i was actually just speaking to someone today and she was telling me about a new sweetener that she tried that she was trying and uh, she mentioned that ah, it'll be okay. I gotta get used to the taste. And I was like, that's exactly what we do. We make food products that are low carb, keto friendly, diabetic friendly, that you do not have to acclimate your taste buds to. That is so, that is essential. That is key. Because when they were making the foods that were getting you into a sugar addicted, a sugar addicted body, that, that were making your making you to depend on sugar, making your taste buds to be like, I got to have something sweet all the time. When they were doing that, they made sure that the taste was good enough to get you addicted. But when it's time to get you off of that and you no longer need that, if you become aware that you live in a sugar addicted sugar addicted body hook keep your tongue tied when i say that but when you become aware of that fact and that you want to get off of sugar you want to stop eating all of that excess sugar then the foods that they make the, the foods that are out there are like blah like what tastes like cardboard tastes like wood tastes like nothing tastes trash to your taste buds and it makes it so difficult and i know because i'm one of you because I was sugar addic addicted. I lived day in and day out for sugar. You know, I ate only sugar. And again, people think that when you're plus size, when you're overweight, when you're fat, 
And you know, we don't have a problem with the word fat here because fat is just simply that is which that which is on your body over the top of your muscles. That's fat. And we all should have a little bit of fat, but we don't need a we don't need excess fat. So there's no body shaming here, but most of the people who have a problem with their weight, they do not have a problem. They're not trying to lose weight. They're trying to lose fat. And so I just want to express that because and explain that when we say um, weight loss, well, we don't say weight loss here. We say fat loss because weight loss incorporates water, muscle and fat. And so we always know that we don't have a problem with water unless we have some other issues that are going on with our body and we're retaining water. And so we want to make sure that we go to the doctor and get that checked out as to why we're retaining water. We don't have a problem with muscle, right? Nobody has a problem with muscle, but what we do have a problem with is fat. And that is what we're trying to lose. We're trying to lose fat that is over the top of our muscle. Okay. And so we, we, specifically say that here. I specifically say that because I'm not ashamed of that. And so there is no body shaming. I have extra on my body that I am still working towards to get rid of, but I no longer live in a sugar addicted body because I started to consume some sweet to help me get over my sugar addiction. And I haven't had sugar for two years. I do not crave sugar. I do not. Some days I don't even want anything sweet. I don't even want the some sweet sweetened. So I don't even want a sweetener. I want nothing sweet. So some days I'm like, oh God, I don't want nothing sweet. I want something else, you know? And so, and that's good because I could, there was a time when I could not live without sugar. That being said, that is not the topic for today, but that is just our intro. We're going to jump right in now. Again, if you want to get some sweet, you can go over to sumsweet.com and you can get um, you can look at the products that we have available for you there. If you want to get a nutritional assessment or a fat loss assessment, you can go to sairnt.com and click on about and then you will be able to um, find the assessments there. Okay, so let's jump on into today's topic because we have been going for a good clip here. So what we're talking about today. What's the ideal fruit to vegetables ratio? And this is a new Harvard study and that we're going to be um, taking a look at and discussing. Okay. So all across the world, people are told what they should eat, how much sugar, so on and so forth. I mean, not sugar, but how much um, fruits and vegetables that they should eat. The pyramid charts are different depending on which country that you're in. So but this is from, and this is a new Harvard study. So a recent study from Harvard uh, researchers um, involving nearly 2 million, this is a good number, 2 million adults revealed what might be an ideal ratio of fruit to vegetables to consume each day. So what might that ratio be? Aiming for a ratio of two to three vegetables to fruit may confer the highest longevity benefit and the optimal balance to reduce the risk of many chronic health conditions. So that is you're aiming for a ratio of fruits to vegetables of two to three. So two fruits, three vegetables. Um, 
So to find out where um, we are with the recommended five a day. So if depending on where you live, the recommendation might be five a day or should it be um, 10 a day? And to understand the potential implications of the study, um, in particular, fruit, sugars and starchy vegetables. So we're going to um, we're going to review this from uh, the health sciences um, chief science educator. So let's take a look. So pre-pandemic, the low fruit and vegetable consumption uh, disappointedly remained unchanged for decades. So now they're revealing that, and this is, um, so in the UK, they will recommend that you have five a day. Um, you know, they do that five a day. So anywhere like over in the UK, Europe, and in those areas, they will be recommending that. But um, in the US, it's, it's, it's a bit different. So but when COVID-19 pandemic came around, came about, um, there was an unprecedented swing in fruit and vegetable intake with the world's largest dietary store, um, study during lockdown involving a whopping 1.1 million UK and US participants telling us what we've been waiting to hear for a long time that over a third, 32.5% increase their daily fruit and vegetable um, intake from three to uh, 3.5 to 5.6 portions a day. That said, they also observed a huge individual variability in the study because 22.7% of the participants actually decreased their intake from 5.6 to 3.8 portions per day. So the good news is that we still saw an um, an upward shift in fruit and vegetable consumption overall. So basically, to make sure that you're getting enough uh, fruits and vegetables, so they so there's been an upward shift, and they're not they're not saying that that upward shift is 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 a bad thing. So. So it's okay. So in um, and so most of this this study or this this topic is coming from the places um, around the world. So that it has been a five a day campaign going on around the world. So, but here in the U.S., I know that we have um, we have our food pyramid chart. And I'm typing in my notes here, so bear with me just a moment so I can get my U.S. chart up. I should have already had that up. So in, uh, in the U.S., we go by the USDA and they have a recommendation of how much fruits to vegetables that you should be getting. So it's recommended here um, in the U.S. that you have five, anywhere from five five to 13 servings of fruits and fruits and vegetables per day. And so that's anywhere from uh, five to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. So they recommend that the average adult consume two servings of fruit per day. Um, and the American Heart Association recommends that you eat 
four to five servings of fruit per day. So the USDA says two, the American Heart Association says four to five. And so that's just of the fruits. So you can see the disparity there. So they, with this one, with this study, with all these people, with a million people, it should give us a great, um, you know, so that we can see what, and, and again, this is, was in the UK. This was in the UK and um, in, um, in the US. So you can, you will be able to see that how much fruit that we should be having per day um, in both, both places, because, you know, you'll, we'll have this information because it was done in both places. So anyway, so um, you should have, 10 portions, all they keep saying is 10 portions, you know, that um, 5 to 13, 5 to 10. Come on, get out of the way. Something's popping up on my screen. But um, so it's great that we can eat more. You should be eating more vegetables than you do fruit because of the sugars that are in the fruit. Now my screen is froze. Am I frozen with you guys too? Because I, I can't see anything. It looks like everything is frozen. Oh, great. Everything's freezing. My screen is frozen. Okay. Hello. Can you see me? Can you, can you see me out there? Am I still, oh, okay. I'm moving. Okay. I can see I'm moving again. Okay. So again, um, the recommended, the guidelines have been for years is five to 13 servings of fruit, um, and vegetables per day. So So you should eat at least two um, cups of fruit per day and two to three cups of vegetables per day as part of a healthy eating plan. So that's what the at, at that's at minimum because that will give you your five your five a day. But according to this Harvard study, um, it's been increased so that we can actually you can actually consume more. So let's see. So what has gone to is the five a day has gone to more like um, 10. The five a day number was originally meant to be a target, but more like a minimum. So eat at least five a day. The original recommendation originates from the World Health Organization uh, for a minimum of 400 grams of fruit and vegetables that is at least 580 gram portions meant to lower the risk of serious health 
problems such as heart disease, strokes, type 2 diabetes, and obesity. And 80 grams would be um, would be your your about your one cup. So let's see. Make sure. So 80 grams. is one cup yeah so just so we know 80 grams is one cup so the recommendation is at least five 80 gram portions or five cups portions per day that's minimum um and so in australia the government advice is for two plus five a day encouraging people to eat 150 grams um, of fruit and five 75 gram portions of vegetables so you can see how they're doing this across the across the globe what's more of um, other important and well-designed research by other um, organizations like in london they um, argues that seven to ten confers the most benefit so seven to ten portions a day that's going to um, give you the most benefit so in the harvard study peas and corn weren't associated with reduced mortality with uh, risk what's wrong with peas and corn well peas and corns are are starchy vegetables that's what they're that's why they're saying that so starchy vegetables like potatoes don't count towards your five a day um, in europe but we are now putting peas and corn into question so they're not really they don't want that to count toward the five a day because those are very high starch um, vegetables so you still need to other eat other vegetables basically leafy greens okay get plenty of leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables and beans um you'd be happy to hear that there's nothing wrong with peas and corns especially when they are fresh frozen and not canned this interpretation by the Harvard researchers has more to do with canned peas and corn because um, during the process of canning, they lose a significant portion of their benefits. Oh, I mean, sorry, a significant portion of their vitamins and antioxidants, even more so um, if they've been pre-cooked. So um, the study abstract is a tad misleading in relation to peas and corn. But when we dive into the explanation, the researchers inside the paper um, of the researchers inside the paper, we gain some clarity and a reference to the canning process. Put simply, peas and corns are uh, uh, corn are less correlated to longevity benefits in the study, not because they are starchy, but because most um, people eat them canned. Now, I don't know about you. I, I haven't had canned peas or canned corn in a long long time but i know a lot of people still eat it but i don't i actually like i once i discovered frozen vegetables like flash frozen um vegetables i prefer frozen vegetables so for years i haven't had canned vegetables in years but frozen and now even when i went go to the grocery store the shelves are nearly bare so you guys we're in like food crisis or we're entering into food crisis because the shelves are really bare when I go uh, most of the time.
Um, but anyway, so although they do have um, some starch content, both peas and sweet corn have a low glycemic index value, meaning that they have a slower, smaller effect on blood sugar, helping keep um, blood glucose levels even. We could even go on and, and talk about the health benefits of these two plant foods. But so if you consume them regularly from fresh or frozen, it's worth keeping them in your diet because they have a low glycemic load and are very nutritious. For example, both peas and sweet corn are packed with folate, which is vital for DNA repair and cell longevity. And with soluble fiber, so, soluble fiber, which has a prebiotic potential, that's good because if you're looking to get improve your gut health, you need um, prebiotics to help feed your probiotic, right? So, but I mean, so with it's good with the soluble fiber and has pre prebiotic potential, helping with the growth of helpful gut bacteria. Besides that, peas are one of the top iron-rich foods and essential mineral for immune support and also a good source of protein containing most of the essential amino acids except for methionine. Met, met, the, let me see, methionine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sound like Bible names, difficult to pronounce. But back up to the top, what I said about the question is about um, peas and corn because they didn't want to count it in your, um, want to count that in your daily fruits and vegetables because if they're canned, so not if they're fresh or frozen, but if they're canned, they don't want to count it with your, um, they don't want to count it with your five a day. So I just wanted to, to clear that up because if it's canned, you're not getting all of the full nutrients and benefits out of those canned vegetables, especially they say if they're cooked. So there's nothing wrong with the peas and corn um, when they're fresh or frozen, but not the canned ones. So that's where the issue comes up with that on your five a day. When I had read up here, it said um, that there was concern about that, about including it. And that's just simply because they were referencing the canned ones because they're starchy. I mean, because peas and corn are starchy, but if they're canned, you're missing a lot of the benefits out of it. So, um, are there any vegetables omitted in the study that we should eat more of? So foods with small serving sizes, such as red chili sauce, garlic, and mushrooms were not included in, um, in the study analysis. And this is a limitation of the study because if we combine all of these small serving vegetables consumed um, in a day, they may compound <clears throat> to an 80 gram portion altogether. So they didn't include, they didn't include small ser um, serving uh, vegetables like that. They also, um, 
let's see. Yeah, you can get more than an 80 gram portion if you mix all those together. So that's what, you know, by not including them, you know, those smaller servings of vegetables, you know, they may pack more of a health benefit per gram than many of the others. So it's unfortunate that they didn't include those. Um, allium vegetables like garlic, onion, scallions, shallots, leeks, and chives are known to support um, important detoxification processes in the body. You know, we've all heard about garlic being very important, you know, for the body and for detoxing and things like that. Um, the medicinal effects of, of garlic and onion as well. I mean, I don't know if you've heard about that. Like you've seen like studies where even people like put just raw slices of onion under the feet to take care of, um, uh, to heal the body, to detox the body and things like that. So not even consuming, but yeah, but when you consume these vegetables, even more so the benefits because they have, um, sulfur containing amino acids, um, and that's that's needed for one of the main detoxification pathways. So, um, and that's called sulfon sulfonation, sulfonation, which comes from the word sulfur. And it works to detoxify heavy metals like mercury, painkillers, um, and bacterial um, endotoxins. You know, that's toxic uh, by toxic byproducts of bacteria living in the body. So it's important to, to eat those onions, scallions, scallions, shallots, leeks, chives, all of that, um, garlic because of the detoxification effects of it. And not only that makes food taste good. <laughs> um, chili peppers and bell peppers have a high concentration of carotenoids. Um, and that includes capsaicin, which, which, which you're going to get that with those, with the chili peppers, you know, that, the spice, right? And capsaicin is a um, a bioactive compound known to uh, help burn fat, you know, so it's to help um, attenuate obesity-induced inflammation and raise uh, good blood cholesterol levels. So also the alkaloid responsible for the spicy flavor in hot peppers called capsaicin. This pungent compound um, has been reported to increase energy expenditure through it through its epigenetic action on the UCP3 gene. So basically, it um, yeah. So it, it it helps to increase your increase your energy, and it, it just basically helps to induce fat oxidation. So burn fat. Okay. Um, two desirable mechanisms in 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 our fat loss journey. So if you can stand it, if you can stand to eat peppers, like some people can, some people can't, I can't, I am not a spicy food person. So I'm going to uh, miss that benefit because I can't really eat spicy foods. Um, my palate can't take it. So, but if you can, it's been associated um, with, to, to help um, induce fat oxidation. So in your fat loss journey, you might want to include some, some spicy foods some uh, red chilies, some peppers, some, some hot peppers. Guess it doesn't have to necessarily be red, just hot. Red does seem to be the color of hot, but anyway. <laughs> but um, so um, capsaicin has also been associated with the reduced risk of various cancer types, including, uh, uh, was this glioma, glioma, glioma colorectal, uh, breast and lung and liver cancers. So. 
let's see, mushrooms are the richest source of ergothionine. And I might be pronouncing that wrong. Look, I learned this stuff too, but these words are like, I learned Bible names too. But these words are like Bible names. I mean, you know, they're long and difficult to pronounce. But but ergothionine is basically. Okay. Anyway, it's a potent antioxidant. So even if I didn't pronounce it right, it's a potent antioxidant with anti-inflammatory um, DNA protection and free radical scavenging activity. Um, actions. So consuming 100 grams of white button mushrooms daily for 16 weeks has been shown to double that ergothionine concentration in the blood. And that helps to mitigate the risk of metabolic syndrome and obesity. Again, we're talking about um, reducing, um, uh, improving your metabolic syndrome and obesity and improving that condition and um burning fat so so luckily ergothionine levels do not decrease when mushrooms are cooked and by the way i read somewhere that that is how you should consume mushrooms you should cook them um just a little bit you know so and then i started just stir fry them and actually i just put them in put put them in a pan with a little water and a little bit of um, um, MCT oil, gave them a little um, pan fry so they softened up. And then I took them off. And then I took those mushrooms and laid them flat, put them in a container, froze them, and then put them in a bag. And then whenever I wanted to consume them, I would just grab some and just put them in something in my salads or whatever. So I cooked them off just a little bit. Um, So let's talk about eat the backlash of against sugar and should we fear eating fruits? So in the minds of many fruit sugar, um, let's see about it. So in the minds of many fruit sugar, so are the, um, so the Harvard researchers are telling us to eat sugar. That's what they're saying. Are they telling us to eat sugar? Nope. They're not telling you to eat sugar. What they are saying, they're the main benefit of consuming whole fruits isn't from isn't from the fruit sugars, fructose or fructose, however you pronounce it. Um, it is that's not where the benefit comes from. Those fruits are filled with are packed with fiber. That's where your benefit is going to come from. So besides fiber, fruits are packed with uh, numerous beneficial antioxidants and phytochemical compounds that are beneficial to health and longevity. That's where you're going to get your benefits from. The fiber, the antioxidants, the phytochemicals um, that are in fruit. That's where you're going to get your benefit from. And that's also going to help to slow down the blood sugar, you know, the rush that you're going to get to your blood sugar when you um, are consuming that fiber. Um, the research confirms that fresh or frozen vegetables have the strongest uh, protective effect followed by whole fruits. Some people may worry that fruits have sugar and should therefore be avoided by um, human biochemistry. It should therefore be avoided, but human biochemistry is not that simplistic. Although most fruits have high 
a higher glycemic load than green um, allium and cruciferous vegetables. Certain fruits are very low on the glycemic index. And that this means that when eaten whole, they don't cause sudden increase in blood sugar and instead um, provide a slow, steady, healthy release. Low glycemic fruits include berries, grapefruit, pears, green apples, plums, peaches, green kiwis, grapes, coconut flesh, passion fruit, pomegranate, figs, tomatoes, avocados, and olives. And yeah, the last three, they are officially classed as fruits. So tomatoes are fruit, avocados are fruit, and olives are fruit. So of those fruits, which do you like? Um, I don't necessarily, I like strawberry. Look, I like all the berries if I can de-seed them. They're all good if I can de-seed them. So I like to take, um, like take the berries and grind them and then run them through a sieve to get rid of the seeds because I don't like the seeds. I don't like the crunch of that. Um, I'm not a fan of kiwis. I, I don't really like kiwis that much. Again, it's got that little black seed inside and it's like, yeah, I really don't care for kiwi. Plus the taste, kiwis taste like bananas to me. Now, I don't know what they taste like to you guys, but they taste like bananas to me. So I'm not a big fan of, I don't, I don't like bananas. So that's the that's the reason why I don't really like kiwis because they taste like bananas. And you know what else tastes like bananas to me? Avocados. <laughs> it's kind of weird. They taste like they taste like bananas to me too. So I really don't like them. But the the fruits that I really really like, I love grapefruit. And I know a lot of people don't like grapefruit because they find it to be like kind of bitter and stuff like that. But I love grapefruit. Um, I love pears. Pears are very can be kind of you know, have that gritty kind of feel to them, kind of like that sandy feel. But if you get a fresh pear and it's still hard and it hasn't softened up and it's not overripe, it, it doesn't have that gritty feel and it's just so very crisp and juicy. So I love pears, green apples, plums, peaches. Those are my favorites. I, I, I love grapes, but grapes are really, really sweet to me. So it's not something that I really like. Coconut I like, passion fruit. Uh, I can't have I ever had passion fruit. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever had passion fruit. I haven't ever had passion fruit. I'm going to have to try that. Pomegranates are like the same thing, like those little seeds, <laughs> you know, very seedy. Um, um, figs, I don't like, but tomatoes I love and olives I like. So I could get a, a good healthy assortment out of that. Don't have to eat everything on the list. Everything on the list may not be your favorite because depending on your palate. So I just shared with you my palate and what I like. Why don't you share with me what you like off of that list? Um, and let's see. So let's talk about now the higher glycemic uh, fruits. So tropical fruits tend to have a higher glycemic value and those include pineapples. Oh my gosh, I adore pineapple. But you know, I used to get frozen pineapple and it just has this really weird taste when I make, when I add to my smoothies, it doesn't taste as good anymore. So I quit eating, quit eating it. And um, the canned pineapple is just like, yeah, it's really sweet too. So yeah, but pineapples I love, but they're high glycemic. So it's not something that I can, that I would want to enjoy all of the time. Cause I don't want to have my blood sugar spiking up high. 
um, because of the insulin resistance and stuff like that. But, you know, so I'm cautious of things like that. Um, banana, papaya, mango, Sharon fruit, which is also called persimmon, watermelon, and melon. Now, I love me some, well, look, me, I, I love watermelon. I don't like all melons, but I like watermelon. Um, I can't say that I've ever had a persimmon. Um, if I did, I didn't know it. Mango, I like mango. Um, yeah, and but I don't like papaya. So. so of these on this list, yes, 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 I do eat them. Um, not so much as much as the pineapple anymore, but I noticed that I added mango to my smoothie, um, not my smoothie, to my protein shakes. I, I sometimes add um, some fruit to my protein shakes. And I, my choice had been mango, but um, here lately I haven't been I haven't been liking it that much. I'm like, ah, eh, I don't want that. That's not what I want in there. But um, yeah, but it does help to make a smoother blend with the protein and all of that, make it nice and make it nice, real nice and creamy and everything. But yeah, but that's how I, when I eat um, mango, that's generally how I eat it. Um, sometimes I have um, well, when we go to the store, they have them fresh, and I will get them fresh. But yeah, so. But anyway, so that's those are the high glycemic fruits. Which one of those do you do you like or favorites on your, you know, and maybe you can't have them anymore. But I love watermelon. It's 92% water. Um, when I eat it, I feel like I'm getting like I'm getting a great flush in my body. Um, and you but you have to be careful with that because you can actually flush out all of your electrolytes just eating watermelon because it does seem to make you go a lot more than if you drank, just drank that same percentage in water. So I don't know what, why that is, but yeah, it does seem to, it does that for me. So I don't know if it would do that for you, but it does that for me. But all in all, fruits are packed with beneficial polyphenols and other phytochemical compounds that have a potent protective effect against disease risk. Besides the fiber um, in them, it slows down the, dige the digestion and um, making them filling and helping to keep us full for longer. So, and remember the, the um, soluble fiber has a prebiotic potential as well, um, meaning that it's gonna feed the good um, gut bacteria to um, help increase the microbiome diversity and improve your gut health. So the final question is, do bananas count as one of our five a day? For now, a small banana still counts towards your five a day. Um, bananas are one of the top sources of soluble fiber with prebiotic potential. And ripe ba bananas have higher glycemic load compared to unripe bananas. And I don't know, if, uh, I, I don't eat bananas, so you would know whether or not how an unripe banana would, would, would taste or do for you. Um, they can, um, let's see, have a higher glycemic load to, uh, compared to unripe bananas, so they can be digested more quickly. And the sugar in them um, is absorbed faster, which is why it's a popular staple among endurance athletes. So, But if you're looking at managing your blood um, glucose levels and keeping them more stable, then opting for low glycemic fruits is going to work better for you. So... If you like bananas and you have um, insulin resistance, blood sugar problems, you already know that you probably should stay away from bananas unless you're going to eat the unripe ones, which I don't know how, how that tastes. 
it's definitely not going to be a sweep. Um, so let's see. Isn't it better to eat a piece of fruit than fruit juice or smoothies? So this is interesting because I, I was talking to my brother and he was eating a lot of fruit smoothies and he had some serious blood sugar spikes. Um, and he was, you know, he was doing his, um, he was doing whole fruit into, you know, a sm fruit smoothie and he was having some serious blood sugar spikes. So, but although um, less than desirable items like fruit juice, canned fruit and dried fruits are said to count towards your five a day, in reality, they probably shouldn't. And consumers remain um, disoriented from the ambiguity of the five a day five a day labels. All that sugar, yet one of um, let me see. All that sugar, yet one of five a day. Sadly, fruit juices. So, fruit juices, canned fruit, and dried fruit packaging remains plastered with the you know so they, they're making that claim on fruits you know that you should eat and how healthy it is and all that kind of stuff especially maybe in other countries and stuff but um because it leads people to believe that if they eat that um if they have five portions of that product you know it it's that it's okay but that's you know that's far from the truth um really what you should be getting is um You should be doing fresh fruits. You should not be doing fruit juices, um, because in the research, a previous research involving sixty-five thousand two hundred twenty-six men and women, also indicated that fruit juice as a five-a-day confers no benefit, while canned fruit appears to increase the risk of death. So, with that being said, um, and that risk is because it's stored in a sugary syrup or fruit juice. Yeah. And that's why the pineapples that are, you know, like I said, the canned pineapples, they're really, they're sweet. The frozen pineapples were not as sweet um, and not as tasty. And so then I was like, okay, so I'm eating these canned pineapples, but it said, it doesn't say, I'm thinking that the canned pineapples are in, it doesn't say it's in fruit juice or anything. I'm thinking it's just in the pineapple juice, but then I'm like, why is it so much sweeter? than the frozen, it was a concern for me. So I was just kind of like, yeah, maybe I don't, maybe I should not be eating this. I don't like how the frozen tastes and I'm not liking that the the, the canned is so sweet, you know? Um, and so it, that's not as, that, so that's not good for you because it's in that sugary syrup. And then sometimes you can get the fruit, like I like mandarins as well. And I would take the canned mandarins, I pour the syrup on, cause it's nothing but syrup. You know, it's a very thin watery syrup. It's not thick syrup like the peaches but um i would just take that and just like pour it throw it away and just eat the fruit out of it but still it's been sitting there soaking in that um that sweet fruit juice but uh, and so and fruit juice including a freshly squeezed orange juice is high glycemic leading to a faster spike in blood sugar um, shortly after followed by a dip in blood sugar which may leave you hungrier and craving for extra food. And on top of that, in a 2015 study, and I know this is, you know, we're in 2021, but in a 2015 study, it found that a high fructose fiber-free drink um, activates reward regions in the brain 
and that makes you more likely to seek out um, food and eat more. So if you're on your fat loss plan and your fat loss journey, you do not want to um, include the canned fruits in there. You want to get fresh fruits. Um, so what should we include inside the sugar limit? The current sugar limit only refers to um, free sugars. And what are free sugars? Free sugars are sugars that have um, been added to your food or those sugars that are naturally present in honey syrup or in unsweetened fruits, basically meaning your free sugars are, um, again, free sugars are, free sugars are sugars that have been added to your food or those sugars um, which are naturally present in honey syrup or in unsweetened fruit juices. Whole fruits don't count as free sugars, but fruit juices do. Even that freshly squeezed orange juice. So best juices and smoothies, uh, fresh fruits, I'm sorry, fresh juices and smoothies do count toward your daily limit of free sugars. So for the average adult that is no more than 25 grams of free sugars a day. So and I, when I put things in grams, so let's go back. So 25 grams. Um, so 25 grams is going to, let's see, that's a third of a cup of sugar. And if you look up a third of a cup, let's get that to teaspoons. Let's see if I can do it. measurements going here so a third of a cup in teaspoons computer don't move fast when you wanted to So let's see, how can I do a third of a cup? Let's see if I do one, two, three. Third of a cup is 16 teaspoons. So that's limiting. So the average adult that's no more than 25 grams of free sugar a day. Yet a small 180 milliliter or gram serving of a commercial smoothie has about 20 grams of sugar. And that's nearly maxing out your daily limit um, just from a small smoothie drink. Also, when we blend fruits, we're making them more easily digestible and may get more calories from it. So on the other hand, whole fruits take longer to eat and there's more chewing effort involved. And we know from research that complex textures and more chewing effort increases the feeling of fullness, which is less of a case when we wolf down a fruit drink or smoothie. So remember I said that my brother was drinking his smoothies. He was full of fruit. It was, you know, he was taking whole fruits and he were blending them up. But pretty much when you blend up something, you're pre-digesting it, right? You're pre-chewing it. 
and you're taking the work away from what you would actually have to do to consume that one piece of fruit so you can get like four or five pieces of fruit into a smoothie but it would take you for you to eat four or five pieces of fruit it's going to take you a lot longer and therefore you wouldn't probably eat four or five pieces of fruit you would probably eat just one maybe two and so he was having those blood sugar spikes because he was just having those fruit smoothies which is pretty much pre-digested not a lot of work to be done you don't um, actually, you're, you know, you, you don't have to release the enzymes from your um, saliva to begin to digest it in your mouth and all of that. The whole process that goes on is already done. So please, it just bypasses your, it's, it bypasses your mouth and it goes straight to this, straight to the esophagus, down into your stomach, and it's broken down already without the um, enzymes from your, that that come from your saliva in your mouth. So, but anyway. You're, and you're going to get more calories from it and you're going to consume more. So should we stop drinking smoothies? Not if you blend them at home and you know what goes into them and you make them low glycemic. One unbeatable low glycemic um, smoothie home recipe would, um, would be two to three ratio um, is a handful of frozen berries, a small apple, 300 grams of raw carrots, plus sugar-free or um, fat-free coconut milk, and a dash of cinnamon, both for flavor and blood sugar control. So, and that was um, some frozen berries, a small apple, um, 300 grams of raw carrots and some coconut milk, sugar-free coconut milk and a dash of cinnamon. So that's a suggestion, but, um, you know, you could try and do, you could try something else. Like I, if I was going to do a smoothie, I would, well, yeah, cause you got your veggies in there, but I like to throw some spinach in smoothies. So I would take, um, and I'm not a big berry fan. When I would make smoothies, I would do, like I would do apple with some spinach, kind of something like that. My daughter, she just did, she does, um, what does she do? She does um, flaxseed. She grinds up flaxseed, um, apples. Um, I don't know what else she puts in there, but I know she puts flaxseed and apple and um and makes a smoothie out of that um and she does some other fruit like a fruit blend or something like that with with the apple in there because i just know she just used the whole apples and with that flaxseed um in there so that's like this a smoothie that she likes but make sure that you get your veggies in there so you're getting your your two to three ratio which is a handful of berries an apple and some carrots coconut milk, sugar-free coconut milk, and a dash of cinnamon. That's going to help you. Um, and one more thing. Um, remember that even when you're following a two to three ratio of fruits and vegetables, uh, five a day is not a, is not a target. It's, it's, it's not like, yeah, let's hit the five a day. No, you want to eat more than that. You actually want to do more than that. So, you know. So, but... Um, what are your next steps? What are you going to do next? 
Well, let's see. Would you like to get a personalized nutrition plan? You head on over to SAIRNT.com and click on about and start with your nutritional assessment. And then we can, um, with that assessment, we can see, you know, um, build a personalized nutrition plan for you, see where you are sitting and where you stand right now nutritionally. Um, can discuss your anti, you know, what, if you're getting enough antioxidants, if you have any, uh, we can detect some nutrient deficiencies if you're at risk for that, um, you know, things like that. So those kind of things that we can do with the nutritional assessment. But um, again, get your fruits in, get your water in, make sure you're drinking plenty, plenty of water and um, eat more fruits and more veggies. So remember you can go, if you're just, if you're just trying to hit um, three to five portions a day, you can increase that and eat more um, fruits and veggies. I know somebody's out there saying, I'm not trying to be a vegan or a vegetarian or anything like that, but get your veggies in. A big bowl. I'm, I'm going to have to show you guys my salad bowl. I was looking around to see if I had anything that was equivalent to the size of my salad bowl, which when I have it, it's like, it's like, well, it, it's, it's, it's the family size portion salad bowl, basically. So if, 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 if it's, um, it's enough servings in my salad bowl um, for for the family, right? So my bowl is my bowl is huge, you know. So I'm, I'm gonna have to bring it and I'm gonna have to have it here so I can show you guys. But that's my salad bowl. That's what that's what I consume salad wise. I'm sorry, I've been just like having this just like up and crazy because I was trying to see. But yeah, but that's my um, that's my salad bowl. So, I you know, I have a big, huge um, bowl of salad filled with um, like I don't know what size bag of like lettuce that is or whatever that you can get. Um, but um, I like butter lettuce, and then sometimes when I'm tired of butter lettuce, I'll get another lettuce. But anyway, um, but a big bowl of salad with um, with well, let's see, lettuce, tomatoes. Um, sometimes onions and basically any other vegetable that I have, cucumbers. I love many cucumbers. Um, throw some croutons in there, some chicken in there. And that's basically, you know, that would be dinner for me on a regular because I mean, because I enjoy that and I like that. Um, with cheese on, I put cheese on there. I'm not, uh, I'm not vegan, but I do the, you know, so I, I eat cheese and stuff like that. But, um, and and well, I thought I already said chicken, so you know I'm not a vegan, duh. But uh, <laughs> but I I but I uh, but I have that like on a regular basis, and I'm satisfied. I mean, I I absolutely I love salad. Um, I I do I love salad, so I could eat that, and I'm I'm satisfied. So that I mean, that's just what I have. But you know, if I got, if I have celery, if I have cauliflower, if I have broccoli, like if I make a broccoli, that cauliflower broccoli um, salad, I'll throw, I'll put some of that in there. Um, you know, as part of the, you know, part of my salad, um, bell peppers. I love bell peppers. Um, did I say celery already? Bell pepper, celery, cucumbers, all of that. 
onions and put all of that in my salad. So it's, I mean, you know, it is a, it's, it's, there's plenty and beans and, you know, anything else, but that's, that's what you need. That that's what you do. You eat healthy like that. You eat that. That's filling and satisfying. You're getting your vegetables and you're getting your fruit and, you know, that's going to give you your, your servings per day. I was trying to think how, how many servings it is. So I think I probably eat like four servings with that in like in my salad bowl because it's enough to serve like four people, you know, and I probably my salad is probably like four servings even just by itself. And um, yeah, but that's what I eat on. A, uh, uh, I like that on a regular basis, but I've gone on and on and on. And I'm not sure how this even recorded today or anything. So I'm excited to see how this does as I learn more about that and learn more about this little app. But anyway, so I will, if you enjoyed this, you know, leave a comment below wherever you're seeing this at, just go ahead and comment that you enjoy this. If you want to know more information or, you know, want me to talk about something else, just, you know, leave a comment and let me know what you want me to talk about. But anyway, so I'm going to get off of here. Um, I don't know actually how to close out the broker. Oh, I see. There it is right there in broadcast because I've never been on this platform before. So it's really exciting. So anyway, so thanks a lot for tuning in. And we until next time, remember, if you want to get your nutritional assessment or your fat loss assessment, go over to SAINT.com and click on about and you can you'll get you'll be able to get an assessment from there. If you want to get product, if you are struggling with um, sugar addiction and you want to quit sugar and you're afraid of, you know, what the withdrawals and everything that you're going to experience coming off of sugar, or you say that the, Hey, the sweeteners out here that I've had, they're not good. And you know, I have to get used to the taste. Well, then you need to try some sweet and you can get that at sumsweet.com. That's S U M S W E E T.com. It is the sweetener that you do not have to acclimate your taste buds to taste just like regular sugar. And I mean, it's really delicious. It cooks like sugar, bakes like sugar, all that good stuff. So, um, I used it. I eat it every day or, or regularly because now some days I don't even crave sugar. But I, the, but when I do want something sweet or have a little taste for something sweet or I'm going to have a dessert, it's made with some sweets. I haven't consumed sucrose, which is regular sugar. I haven't consumed that in two years. So anyway, if you want to get that, go over to sumsweet.com. And thank you guys so much for, thank you people. Thank you everyone for tuning in and um, spending this time with me. And until next time, ta-ta.